What's up, humans? Welcome to the Human Music Podcast. I'm Luke Rain. My co-hosts are Tesco and Rip Kinney, and we are all music producers, artists, and producer coaches. This show is where we discuss all things music production and interview amazing creatives about their origins, their process, and whatever else comes up. This week is episode 105, the two-year anniversary party that's right we made it to two full years of episodes we hung out with some of our humans in the dojo tv live chat to talk about our favorite moments answer questions reminisce on gigs luke and rip kenny played in 2019 discuss how to get gigs whether or not you need a manager finding friends instead of networking advice we wish we had learned sooner being specific with marketing how awesome the producer dojo community is making visuals on a budget focusing on the feeling what happens when you win a remix contest whether remix contests are rigged why we live where we live and how we came up with our names oh man so fun episode shouts out to everybody in the chat who was there the song of the week you hear behind me is jade de francia touch me all over this is one that i produced and um my buddy dave dalton on guitar and the keys and uh and my good friend Jade DeFrancia on those vocals. I'm so glad this song is out. We originally made the concept a long time ago, and you know sometimes you stick with those tunes and they end up coming out. You know, uh, stick with the ones you believe in. Please support our sponsors, Dojo TV. That's where we recorded this, and there's a lot of free producer live stream classes from the Dojo Senseis. Tesco's Patreon, where Tesco has launched a new Patreon channel where you can get educational content, project files, access to the private Discord track feedback, and private lessons. The weekly download, where you can learn from Ill Gates and his private weekly group group lessons and get access to almost 300 episodes in the archive for just 20 bucks a month. And guest practices, where you can learn from Seth Drake at the Approach Institute. He's the best engineer we know, and your first class is free. Visit thehumanmusicpodcast.com for our socials, streaming, free sound packs, all that good stuff. Let's get on into this episode. It's party time. Happy two-year anniversary, humans. Hello, people of Earth. This is Tesco with Rip Kenny and Trap Jesus, and you're listening to the uh, Human Music Podcast. Woo! Human Music Podcast. I like it. What's up, Dojo TV? What's up with my humans? What's Gucci? What's up with the Dojo TV live chat up in Discord? What's up? What's up? Some sort of llama with hay on his head. Some Woody getting real freaky over there. That's what's up. <laughs> Man, dude, y'all know what today is? Tuesday? My friend's Man. birthday. Shouts out to Reed Miller. What's up? Known him since kindergarten. What's We're up, Reed? Happy birthday. Hey. But also, mm-hmm. it's the day before 420. Oh, but also, oh, yeah, it's our two-year anniversary. <laughs> yeah. Let's get that Morty twerking. Birthday human. Twerk it, twerk it, twerk it, twerk it. Twerk it like a Morty. Uh. Cheers to two years, boys. Cheers to two years. That's a fucking bar right there, son. Cheers to two years. Hmm. 
Turns out we're not getting audio on the stream. <laughs> Quick technical difficulties check. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Currently working on stream. Please boom. boom. Initializing audio. Checking for check one two. Man, there we source. go. Hey, what's up, humans? For some oh, reason, oh, they hear Rip Kenny. Oh, I know what happened. My computer updated the operating system and it reset all the OBS settings to default. All right. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> Classic. All right. Well, they don't know what day it is. They don't know what day it is. So we're just going to have to get real redundant. Hey, guys, you know what today is? <laughs> Tuesday. 420 Eve. Yeah. All and those things. My homie's birthday. Friend's birthday. Hey, what's up, Reed Miller? But happy birthday, Reed. Happy birthday, Reed. Been a good dude since we were five, <laughs> probably even before that. I see an altar in the background a, trying a to wild be wild altar, altar appeared. Has appeared. Hey, <laughs> what's up, Steven? <laughs> but yeah, it is our two year anniversary of having a podcast. It's true. Boom. Yeah. yeah, it's also bicycle day. That is real, Brian. I appreciate you is dropping. Is it bicycle that. day? Yeah. What is why is it bicycle day? Because that's the day that the podcast goes round and round. Yeah, exactly. Mm. That is there's no other reason. There you go, Goose. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there's no <laughs> other a good one. Reason. No better occasion. No better occasion. So yeah, um, what's the dude's name? Albert Hoffman. Yeah, Albert Hoffman. Did uh, he invent the bike or something? He invented the LSD, and he uh, ingested some. <laughs> and as he rode his bicycle home, he found out what an acid trip is. The first human ever to figure out what an acid trip was. And That'd be wild. Imagine explaining that to people. You're like, bro, you'll never fucking guess what I found out. Yeah. How do you describe that? How do you describe the very first acid trip? <laughs> just like, bro, put this in your mouth and tell me what you think. Yeah, yeah I just made up this. You got eight hours. <laughs> okay, so now I get it. Bicycle day is because the first day someone created acid, they rode on a bicycle and, and then it's it's bicycle day. Yep. It really is it's something to do with drugs, not bicycles at all. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. This is all true, by the I mean, way. Bicycles. Make sure you 100% believe me. Yeah, no, this is real. <laughs> this is all real. <laughs> I mean, technically a bicycle was there, but I don't I don't think we uh we're really celebrating the bicycle that much in this scenario. Yo, it's a Gus, two-year what do you anniversary. That? That's gigantic, huge, massive. Also, congrats on the new red belts I'm seeing. Yeah, what's up, Red Belts? Uh. Yeah, we got a lot of overachievers in here. I'm yeah, I'd love it. to see it. Yeah, shouts out to Gus. By the way, I still have your backpack that you left at my house at that dinner party. It's I can see it. It's right It's right there. It's Gus, right there. The man, by the way. Come hang out. Say Great hi. Individual. Give me a big hug. And then also get your backpack. <laughs> hmm, very interesting. Yeah, it's a sweet backpack, bro. Um, and also, yeah, the hallucinations from LSC are very similar to generative AI. I have noticed that on Wait, watching, uh, watching a bunch of my friends are really enjoying making like AI generated art where you like type sentences and adjectives at it, and it like has a bunch of images like cataloged with 
different words and it'll like mush together AI generated art based on what you type. Someone someone Some type in pretty sick. Someone type in the human music podcast into something like that and please let me know. Post it, it in the chat. Yes. I feel like that's on the way. Um men, life is a simulation confirmed then. Yeah, like, actually though, that's pretty fucked up. How yeah. much more evidence you need? Shouts to Duck Sauce. Yeah. <laughs> Throwback. If that? you were here with us with for that was uh episode <laughs> uh yeah, there was uh you know, we watched a duck sauce video where they explained why we're in a simulation really slowly and then really quickly at the end. Yeah. Um, and then they go into every butthole and then the inside of a butthole butthole section is Vin Diesel and you go in his butthole. Mm-hmm. So much butthole. The mm-hmm. Mandelbrot of buttholes. <laughs> mm. um, speaking of previous episodes, I'm curious, y'all, everyone that's in the chat, how long you've been following us and what has been your favorite episode thus far slash episode that stuck out to you the most? Or even like favorite moment, something said, referenced, yeah. joked about that got you to giggle or enjoy. Got you to giggle, Joy. Yes. Pause as first timer. the chat. <laughs> Hey, hey, welcome. It's a good first episode to tune into. Well, actually, maybe not, because I don't even know what the hell we're going to talk about. We're just having a good time today. Yeah, we're just getting We're here to take questions, today. and we're here to chat with y'all. We're here to reflect and give Kicking thanks. ass and taking que- quest- questions. <laughs> Goose, shout <laughs> out, man. That's trippy. The broken clock thing. I feel like we should utilize that somehow. Yeah, apparently just like a broken clock or is that a clock? Can't tell if it's a clock or a compass because it's so fucked up. I want to say by the Roman numerals. Yeah, right. It does look like there's Roman numerals in there. Does that have to do with music? Uh, I don't know. Well, you could you well, make that, it a wavetable. It reminds me of a SZA song where she's like, all I got are these broken clocks. All right. Good enough for me. Yeah. Smoking daylight. <laughs> hey. hey. Yeah. It is a multi-dimensional company. Can we ask questions whenever? Hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, more clearly, better, really. clearly, we I don't know what we're y'all. doing besides talking to y'all. So if y'all ain't got no questions, we can just, we can just have quiet time. <laughs> Nap time? Live? Hmm. Uh, honestly, this is, this is pretty chill. I'm glad we're just having an episode to just kick it and do whatever uh if people from the future if you're expecting anything crazy probably uh fast forward you have that luxury being that you are in the future but uh being that we are in the current and present moment right now it's a beautiful time that you don't get to experience so shout out my people from the present That's yeah shout out shout out existing present people yeah, yeah. And, you know, the um, people that when they're listening to this in our future, it's their present and we're in their past. So shouts out to past us from present us to future you who's actually present you listening to past, present, future us. Time travel. That. Damn, that's actually a good ass question. Props. What's one thing you wish you knew before? Buy Bitcoin in 20 fucking 11. God damn, if there's one fucking thing, bro, I would have bought millions of those shits. Yep. I remember a thousand dollars being like, bro, 
What is the utility in this? No, literally, I remember $30. At $30, my homie at work was telling me about it. And I was like, that sounds like a scam. Yeah, uh, it did. It kind of did, though. But God damn it. Why didn't I look at the macro? It's like, come on. But now, you know, the funniest part about it is like, now that I like actually do believe in the ecosphere of you know how that technology is headed. Now, if I'm trying to explain it to someone, they're always like, nah, that's just a scam. And I'm like, I really don't, I can't even argue with you because I did the same <laughs> shit yeah. before. But I'm telling you, I've been uh, in your sh- like that. Yeah. Anyways, other than cryptocurrency, let's see. Hmm. Lottery numbers. Honestly, I think the biggest thing for me, like in general life is like, if you want like happiness and success, like don't imitate a version of someone else doing it that you think is going to be Mm. successful. Like for instance, like just the most random example, but I think everyone can uh, apply or like understand this concept is like in high school, if you're trying to be cool and you saw the cool kids doing something or talking about some certain rap album or whatever and you like try to insert yourself and like you know you know assimilate into the the cool version of what they're doing and try to be their cool you're not cool you end up getting shit on for trying to be cool in that scenario if you were just unapologetically you yourself weird like everything just straight up exactly what like the cool kids would respect you you might not like be friends and hang out all the time but you would have their respect because like literally authenticity is key to relationships, to like success, to being a unique artist. Like all of that stuff ties back to you being comfortable with yourself, accepting of others and okay with like all of the shit in between mm-hmm. and just being yourself. Like that's Yeah. Huge. What's that saying? It's like you could be the sweetest peach, but some people just don't like peaches. It's true. Mm -hmm. Um, ain't nobody gonna please everybody with anything but it's okay there's eight billion people and you only need a thousand true fans so they say so true do you boo boo um man kind of on that point of like bringing it musically i took so many like tangents from doing different genres i can't believe it took like 10 years to realize you could just combine all of them and just do your thing Mm mm-hmm you yeah. just go do some shit there isn't a tutorial on. Yeah, man. Just the mashup, <laughs> mashup. Yeah, like that's actually now, that's funny you mentioned that. It's like my favorite part of producing now, like opening up something that I know I don't know how to use and just trying to try, not even like, I mean, like trying to break it is like the classical explanation of like, yeah, do the wrong thing. But even just like, I don't know what I'm doing. And for that very fact alone, this is probably going to yield some interesting results. Like, that, it's fun. It's Fuck good. Fuck around and find it's, out, baby. Yeah, exactly. That's it's the motto. Science. Fuck around, find out. Mm-hmm. The other scientific method. It, no, that is the, semi, that is the, the scientific scientific. That method. is the scientific method. TLDR. Fuck around, find out. Mm-hmm. That is kind of the TLDR of it. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll roll with that. Sweet. Um. All right. Oh, have we ever have we all been? three played a show together? Nah, you booking I mean, us? This is a show together. I mean, yeah, this <laughs> we have done this show together now 105 times. What's up, Sam, bro? Luke, Luke, and I have played 
uh, actually quite a few shows together yeah, just because we were both in like, seattle before i moved down to bend probably but. at least like six yeah yeah i mean we did six just on that tour that we did yeah we did we did that olympia night mm-hmm. shouts out to wolf stacks for getting us that gig we did the bellingham night yeah. shouts out to we forgot scott um for that one homie Absolute home. And uh, shouts. Uh, base Cave in Seattle. Base Cave. Ballard. Yeah. That, oh, man, dude. That show, that crowd, the way they, we did a B2B yeah. that night, too. That was fucking <laughs> we did. so that was lit. Really fun. Switching off two songs, two really songs. Good. Oh, my God, dude. We had that crowd going so hard. Oh, my God. And uh, and then that Montana tour, we did, uh, what did we do? Bozeman. Bozeman, Missoula. And hot times, times hot springs. Yeah. yeah, that's that's worth a side tangent for like. Let's talk about just, that. Sims okay, so so trip, basically, bro. Symes is a place you'd never go unless you knew someone that told you about how cool it is. This like, five hundred person town in the literal middle tiny. of nowhere of Montana, like over an hour off of I ninety, like more, yeah, way more than it existed. Like, deep, deep deep in the heart of somewhere you'd never heard of yeah and it literally what the the reason this place exists is because there's a hot springs there and it became like a place that like people you know you know in settling were like yeah we could build economy around this hot springs and so there's like one hotel with like maybe five square blocks of like buildings and like one restaurant like a you know like one of everything like one barbershop one coffee place like so that's where you go if you want to have a monopoly in your field yeah Yeah. and so this place on halloween this entire like town pretty much shows up for basically every kind of music you can think of but logically progresses from like you know your folksy americana stuff all the way into hard electronic music that we played yeah there's a dope jam band in the middle there night hours yeah yeah like leading up to midnight the looper dude man i can't remember that dude's name off top tyson nintendo would know tyson but that guy was i don't know the acid was still really hit me at that point but boy howdy (laughs) was that fucking looper set psychedelic i was just standing there everybody's like yeah and i'm like yeah but Am I hearing the same thing y'all hearing? Because I am not currently sure. Because this, is yeah, I think I fuck. think he was in. I think he was in the same state of mind as you. I think he took it, the same acid we did. The, I think <laughs> I'm he, pretty sure the, he definitely was <laughs> on some other planet. Uh, that being said, basically this whole town shows up for this party, and like it, everyone of all ages, of all backgrounds, of all musical understandings, shows up and enjoys every single part of it. And like it was, it was so hilarious literally i I mentioned a barbershop because the back of the barbershop like you go in and it's like oh yeah here's the barbershop and then you like walk around a side door and then there's just like this basically like club venue size space in the back which was actually like the apartment of the people who owned the building who they lived back there it was like their living room it was like a small club venue size shape. remember off to the one side there was like a kitchen and then, like, there was, like, a bedroom. That was what we walked around. We walked around the bedroom. And you walk out the back door, uh, and they had that fire pit. Uh, yeah, I actually, <laughs> I didn't realize that was living quarters. Yeah. That being said, the most <laughs> random place you'd never go with all of the friendliest people, and they all went so hard, and it was such a good time. Like, yeah. n- you never see that many people who 
simultaneously probably don't understand the background of the music that you're playing and also enjoy it like as much as your favorite fan at a festival watching someone perform like it was incredible yeah those folks fucking love the weird bass music they do they really like i remember like playing some cryptochronica and spider hound tunes for them and they were like whoa I played a bunch of dojo jams that night. And also like a lot of Moonbaton. For some reason, mm-hmm. that that trip had me on a Moonbaton kick. <laughs> I mean, you literally can't go wrong with anything four on the floor. It's like impossible to not move to it. That's true. It's funny though, man. I remember I went on first. I was like, yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. And I went on first of the DJ portion of the night. I was still coming down off that acid. And then one of the other DJs, like the that house DJ that played after us, Evan, um, yeah. he he fucking rolls up, like starts putting something in my hand, like, eat this. I'm like, what are you handing me? He's like, Mushroom chocolates. Okay. So I'm coming down and coming up. And then yeah, there's a problem. I can't figure out how to undo the tempo sync button. And it's like taking the songs at the bottom end of my speeds of my BPMs and syncing the top ones down to half speed. Mm, And so I'm like, yeah, I'm trying. It happened to me. I've talked about that on the podcast at the Bellingham show where it slowed down Tesco's songs to half. Yeah. (laughs) This is what the fuck Uh, I'm talking about. (laughs) Such a Rick and Morty. Half half speed for the homies. Clearly, I released it at the wrong tempo. Like like two people at the club, one of them runs up to the front on the song that's playing at half the speed it should be. (laughs) This is what the fuck I'm talking about! Like freaking out. Like what could be better? What could be better? Um, Gus has a pretty good question here. Um, Also, he has shouts out for that substation show at uh, the the base Mm. cave. So glad you were there, guys. That was awesome. <laughs> that was Rager, a great show. Rager Chronica was in the crowd with us. Man, we had we had the homies out. Mm-mm-mm. It was fun. So good. But um, yeah, that question. That question is, there's this chasm in making it where you have to get from pl- having playable music to playing shows that's the struggle to cross. What are your thoughts on agents slash management? Have you ever worked with someone who helped you with the grind to get you gigs and spots? Is DJing a means to crossing the chasm? Um, I got to be honest, this this really is like the million dollar question. And I think that uh, part of this podcast is trying to help everyone possible cross that chasm as the three of us attempt to cross that chasm as well mm-hmm, in, yeah. in, a, in many different ways. Um, Ultimately, in my perspective, what I've learned is that there is there is literally no one way to become successful. Like every, everyone's like break into that level happens in a completely different way. Um, and agents and management, some people have like real like and, and this this specific question is a great example of this because like some people have you know, a good friend that's really entrepreneurial and they're like, you know what, dude, I think you're good enough to make it. Like I'm, I'm hungry. I want to help you. Like let's bootstrap it and make it happen together. And that friend that's entrepreneurial may very well be able to book you 10 shows 
And then one of those shows was, is with a promoter that also books this festival. And then you play that festival and you played before this newer DJ at, at the beginning of the night, but that's huge. And so a bunch of people were there for you and they saw you and then you blow up because you played your best song to close out. And everyone's like, what the fuck is this? You know, like that's a perfect example of one scenario that you can't predict that could happen. Um, that being said, for me, agents and management, I really think that again just from everyone that i've talked to it's like a you can't you can't push you can't push on that rope you have to it's the a because if you like try and force someone into that setup like they really do have to believe in you first to make that solution work for you in the end because you don't want them thinking of you in a purely monetary sense because you didn't get into music for a purely monetary sense although you're trying to make a living from it so you have to figure out that part but like ultimately you want that to be a relationship where you're both really bought in and i think that waiting for the right time for that is potentially one way to go but also if you have an opportunity you might as well knock down the door all of this to say that chasm is of unknowable size and unknowable scope and what you can do is continue to hone your craft, get better, and and take that entrepreneurial role on for yourself as much in your free time as you can. Yeah, you know, learn the advertising side, learn the branding side, learn the marketing side, learn the PR world, like learn everything else, so that when that opportunity finally does come, they're like, "God damn, this guy can pretty much manage himself." I actually need to just find him a booking agent. You know, like that's that's how you increase your chances of success. But um, ultimately, that's those are my two cents. What do you guys think? Well, um, I think that like there is that level of producer that you get to where like people are like you're in demand, you know, at some point, mm -hmm. like like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people know about you and thousands of them want to pay money to see you. And somebody else will be like, oh, well, I should get this person as my opener then because they'll bring, they'll sell tickets. And that's great. But before that, like, just you being a DJ, like the, the end of that question, is DJing a means to crossing the chasm? I would say yes, because especially if you're willing to like play to the room a bit, like, you know, play something in the realm of what you want to do. So that the people who find out about you, like, you know, if you're playing, you, you know, if you make EDM, play something dancey and, you know, maybe not just like straight up bluegrass DJ, but, I, you know, if it pays and if it pays well enough, I'd still do that, too. But um, <laughs> like just getting out there, the more people that see you DJ, the more people that know you DJ, the more people ask you to DJ at the next thing because they liked what you did last time. It's like like um, like for the past like 10 months. Like I just, one homegirl had one opportunity for me to DJ and the people that saw me there liked my set and liked me and asked me to play another thing and another thing and introduced me to these people and then asked me to play at this birthday party at a house and then asked me to play in a tree house on a farm and then asked me to play at a wedding anniversary party on a front lawn and, you know, and then like, and, you know, in there, there's also like the, oh, yeah. And like my homie who I met years ago at Books Nectar Lounge hit me up to open for Ill Gates. And, you know, and then like I go to this spot to do ecstatic dance and they had a cancellation last minute, like a week before. And I like 
went over to the the owner of the place who was like, shit, I'm at a DJ. What am I going to do? And I was like, yo, I'll volunteer. I'll, I'll have a dope set ready by next week. And I did that. And now he's like, dude, you should like come back and play here once a month. Yep. And it's like, all right, yeah. So I'm playing one week from tonight. I'm going to play over there again. Hell yeah. So, you know, that'll be my, my third time over there. So it's like, just like, do the DJ gigs, play a party, play a, a house, mm. play your friend's birthday, invite people over to your house to have fucking food and drinks and start playing music for them and watch them dance. Like, you know, it's just keep doing it because that shit builds on each other. And then there's a community of people around you that know that you DJ and know that you have good taste in music. And then you can start working your own tunes and be like, yo, this is one of my tunes. And like, holy fucking shit. That's so extra amazing. I got to, I played a camp out in the woods in a mobile carport <laughs> on Saturday <laughs> night. And I got to drop one of my brand new tracks that was like unreleased. And my homie that I made it with is there with me. And Choose? I know, uh, no, it was my guy, Derek. Ah. It's a, it's like a track that, uh, like two of my friends that like, like freestyle and rap and sing and write poetry and stuff and like do looper stuff, like, mm-hmm. but have never like really done a recording session. Uh, until that day we came over and we basically just like freestyled a song into an existence and it's filthy. It's kind of like dope. a little like little like boom bappy hip hop break beat and kind of Reese bass line and sick. Like I freestyled a verse. He like wrote kind of a poem and then like wrapped it three different ways and I picked my favorite chunks and turned them into the, the, the pre-hook and the chorus and a bridge and an outro. And, and I like, freestyled the singing part and the homegirl was like, Ooh, I want to sing that and like do a bunch of harmonies on that. So that's like the main bridge. And she did a bunch of backup harmonies. She like composed the beat before we got there. She's like, I got this idea for a baseline and a, and a thing. So, but like that being said, now I've been DJing for the homies and they kind of vaguely knew that I produced music. And now this whole community all of a sudden is like buzzing over the fact that three of their friends have a song together and I just got like hit up from my homie who DJs. He's out in Guatemala right now. He's like, yo, dude, somebody just like emailed me a voice note of your song. Dude, when it's ready, send it to me. I'm about to go on tour and I'll play it all over the place. Holy you know, shit. Just like, yeah. So just make good friends and ask, yeah. offer to DJ and volunteer. You know, yeah. if there's somebody else's DJing, help them set up or break down. And then maybe next time they'll be like, yo, you DJ too, right? We got an extra slot and because I know you're good to have around because you help me carry this box down these stairs. Yeah, I think that goes a long way. Like ultimately, like there are, you know, multiple bridges across the chasm. Some are broken in the middle. Some are broken at the very far end. So you don't even know until you get all the way over there. But ultimately, you have to be ready to walk across every bridge for when one materializes that will get you to the other side. And I think that also like you'll if you if you continually show up and put the effort in, like you'll actually probably find the route that is the least uh, friction and like you enjoy the most as well. Like for me, the the opening slot DJ gigs like I, I, I did it. I showed up. And like, you know, I've been promoted for a couple different clubs for a while, even one that I promoted for like six months and they never even actually gave me a gig to play. Like there, there are lots of 
lots of different paths. And like, for instance, that one, like never, I never really loved the atmosphere of like going to the club all the time. Not, not because the person playing is someone you love, not because, uh, you know, any, anything other than because you want to be there to like, like network, right? Like that does get tight. Like, and for me, especially, cause I'm pretty, pretty damn introverted, which is funny to say on a podcast, but like, I'm an extrovert around close groups of friends, like the only two other faces I can see. So that helps a lot. But like for me, that that setting really like wore down my energy. And so now like more focusing on the streaming side of things is like just a lot. It, it works with what I'm trying to do a lot better. And, you know, that it all just goes to say like, once you like as you try these different pathways you'll find one just has least resistance and like double triple quadruple down on that path and like there's once you start to like make those inroads like you're you're doing better than most who constantly hypothesize about how to do it but never actually put in the effort you just got to put one feet in front of the other amen um i just want to bring it back to uh Gus's question and just put my two cents. Uh, and I just want to say, as I'm saying this, I'm speaking just as much to me as I am to you, buddy. So definitely don't take this personally. But I think uh, I used to overthink the agent management thing a lot. And I think, uh, you know, in retrospect, it's not like I had too much shit to manage. And I think the right answer is when you have too much shit to manage. Now, uh, one thing I think... Um, also looking back that I always felt like, oh, if I could find the right person, uh, to like link up with and I could work with them and blah, 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 then I will get these opportunities I'm looking at. Then I will get into the realm of like breaking in and blah, blah, blah. And the truth is one thing I feel like a lot of electronic musicians are really bad at is finding their lane and speaking to a specific person. And I was definitely in the trap of posting shit online and feeling like because I'm posting stuff and I'm getting better technically at production, uh, I can just be lazy with my promotion and be like, hey, new track Friday, go pre-save. And everybody's just going to hop on board because they love me and they want to support me and blah, blah, blah. And the truth is you really got to like, develop your brand and figure out like who are you speaking to because not everybody let's say your lane is the club shows not everybody in that in that venue is gonna love you so um really the worst case is you don't want the whole room to feel indifferent if 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 some people are gonna not really fuck with you like that again you could be the sweetest peach on the tree but some people don't like peaches you really got to lean into being the sweetest peach and figure out what that means and exactly who in that club you're speaking to and you'll find you'll get a lot more traction if you can start to um if you can start to advertise like I want to be careful how I'm wording this, not advertise a certain lifestyle to people, but you definitely want to make your own little click, your in-group, the people that you resonate with, um, and really figure out like, you know, one thing I've been doing with one of my mentors that that's really helped kind of break this down is like, you know, we had a conversation on our like inner kind of circle and he was going through the rolling loud lineup and he was looking at all the bottom names and then he would go to their Instagram and look at 
Who's following them? What smaller agencies are they getting support from? What does their Instagram page look like? And you find with all of these artists, even if they don't have the most professionally done photos or whatever, they usually are, they're approaching it from a specific angle. So it might be the bass music DJ who's into the psychedelics and the psychedelics are part of the brand. And he, he, she, they, whatever, attract the people that are into the kind of woke, uh, kind of, you know, into drugs kind of part of the club. And then you have, uh, you know, you'll see with a lot of tech house, there's people that like literally promote like warehouse and Coke. And this is what we do when we listen to this set. And there's a very clear purpose as to why am I being booked for this show versus this person. I think once you tap into that and you figure out, uh, for example, again, like they, they don't have the most professional photos, but they might be promoting, uh, you know, a very, very specific thing. And they can maybe get away with taking the raw photo in the mirror and, and speaking a little more directly to their fans. Whereas somebody else might try to play a little more mysterious when you can lock into that and you can start being selective with your fans instead of being very vague and bland and just putting out a post of, um, you know, go follow my shit, go uh, support me on Friday when my new thing drops. You're casting this very vague net that's catching nobody. But if you can really focus in on who your people are, you're going to find you start attracting those people that much quicker to you. And then the manager can come in and be like, oh, okay, I see from a business perspective, this is the audience we're catering to. This is what they're into. This is what you're providing here. And now I see how we can bring this product to this group of people. But until you really find out like what your thing is, um, then there's nothing really to like manage, you know, um, you gotta, you gotta tune into that, you know, like Sprite doesn't cater to the Coke audience. They, they just go in and they make Sprite as best as it can be. And, and they, they color it green not red because that's working for Coke, they find their own lane. And once you have that kind of packaging down, then you can bring somebody in and be like, all right, let's put our brains together and see how we can make this as um, enjoyable for the people that really rock with me, not uh, just open to anybody. Please come, please support me, please. None of that. You got to, you got to decide not that it's not for a certain group of people, but you got to decide I'm not catering to these people at all. That it this is, is my for a certain group of people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But although, although like there is a marketing tactic that we learned last year from Russell Brunson called throwing rocks at your enemies, where it's like as a marketing tactic, like, don't you hate when cell phone companies, blah, 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 well, over at T-Mobile, you know, like, you know, like, Oh yeah, you're on AT&T and you're mad at them. So I'm going to fucking clown on them on my ad so that you're like, yeah, I hate them too. And now we're all of a sudden on the same side. There's like, there's probably ways, I, I bet there's successful, a lot of successful music marketing campaigns that have something in their style about, you know, things like punk, punk music, like fuck the establishment. Yeah. I mean, um, we got another great one here from Goose. Not to cut you off, Evan. No, do it. Um... Uh, he was asking, what is the best advice you wish you learned sooner? Um, <laughs> that's a good one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's another good one. I got, I got one. Um, Semi-music related, social related for sure. Years and years ago, 
I, when I was, you know, still in my short hair rapper game, I was out at an event in Belltown, one of the, one of the bar neighborhoods around here in Seattle. And it was like an event where a couple of rappers were putting on a photography show. And it was like the opening night of their photography exhibit at this art gallery. That's kind of cool. Yeah. It was uh, Prometheus Brown from Blue Scholars. And oh, I think maybe course. like Fignat from, uh, uh, God, what was their name? Brothers from Another. Was that? Is that who he was from? Maybe he's from a different band. Either way, a couple of rappers and I like showed up like, oh, dope networking event. You know, I'm like handing out business cards and CDs and shit. And these are all these people I look up to and want to collab with. And this lady named Melissa Darby, Melly Darby, who runs Rain City Events and runs the Crocodile, which is one of the dopest venues out here, um, pulled me aside and was like, Luke, love you, bro. See what you're doing, but I just want to give you some game. Like, you're treating this like it's a business event, but look around. Like all of these people are friends having a friend get together and you want to make music with them and they make music with each other because they're friends. It's not because, oh, this is like a good look or that's a good move. It's because they hang out anyways. And then after they hang out, they make music. So like, if you want to like collab with people, make music with people then you got to become friends with people. So instead of like treating this like a networking event, just look for your friends, find friends that you really vibe with instead. Of, and like, don't push the business part as hard up front, mm-hmm. you know, cause that's like, you know, back then when it was in person, but like, it's the, basically the in-person face-to-face equivalent of the DM that just says collab bro. Yeah. And that was one of the most important pieces of advice ever, because right after that, I started traveling to go to networking events. And that was my philosophy. Like, I don't care how many business cards I get. I don't care how many I give out. I, if I find a couple of true friends this weekend, like people I really fuck with and want to keep in touch with, that's enough. Yeah. Those those are the relationships that, because in most cases, if someone's going to do something for you, that moves the needle. It's probably not someone that doesn't know you at all. Amen. You're probably friends. Unless with you're them. hella famous. Unless you're hella famous. And, and then, then they know they're, need to then worry they're about leveraging your name for money. Yeah. And like are willing to give you some of it. The work that it takes to put you on their back for whatever it is, pull strings here or, you know, insert your name, it, take a chance on like this guy should be in this lineup or whatever it is. Like those chances happen because they genuinely like you as a person. And it's so true. Like even if nothing ever comes from it, it's better to be a friend to someone and never expect anything. Cause something probably would end up coming out of that regardless, or then like being a punisher and, and still getting a no, but also having the added attachment to your reputation and name and artist brand that's, oh yeah, that guy who did this thing that was like totally pushy and not cool. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't really trust him. Like you don't want that floating around. Just be friends. Yeah. Don't be a punisher. Yeah. Don't be <sighs> a punisher. Um, hmm. Man, one thing I learned, I think definitely what I said earlier on like, don't just put your shit out there and cast a vague net and like 
just be the guy that people are giving pity likes to because they like you. If you actually want to compete with like the top league people, you ha- you have to be really providing something for your audience. It's not so much about do this thing for me so that I can live out my dreams. It's like, I'm here for you. Do this thing so that you can stay up to date with this community that we've built so that when you come to the shows, you're up to date with the cool shit that we have going on. It's a subtle difference, but when you can approach it that way, it really makes all the difference. All the difference in the world, doesn't it? And and it's kind of hard to like fully click until you fully get it, but like, I'm sorry, but if you're posting really low quality shit on your Instagram and like it's not that engaging and you're not taking the time to edit it or even do any cool camera angles or nothing like that, then you're totally disregarding why people love visual content. For example, you're just setting up like, for example, this Zoom view. How boring is it for me to film a little thing like Hey guys, new single uh, Friday. Please, By the way, uh, follow like exactly this on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, it's like if you look at, for example, I don't know, he's just first person that comes to mind. Uh, I, Donald Glover, aka Childish Gambino, has a video from like years ago. That's like, I think it's like 10 minutes long, maybe. And it has no fucking purpose. It's just him walking around and making coffee and talking to his friend. But like, you get these Hanging really out with cinematic from Boy Meets World and picking lemons. Was that wait, in the same one? Wait, I think so. Do you know what video I'm talking I about? I think so. Uh, he did it. If if there's two, at least one of them has Topanga, and they're just having a conversation wow. and picking lemons off a tree, and they'll walk back in the kitchen. Like, Maybe I didn't know who who the who the person was he was talking to, but uh, yeah, like crazy. it's all it's shot all like cinematic, and the camera angle not cinematic, but the camera angles are really you know, thoughtful and cool. And it has the viewer in mind. It like, it follows basic film practices of like guiding your eyes to the different parts of the screen and then changing the shot and making sure the subject is there and like focusing on the subject in an artistic way. You really got to think about these things because then it makes me feel like I can't miss out on what you're going to put out next because this is really cool versus... Hi guys, look at my thing. It's coming out Friday. Yeah, like this brings no value to you. Can you also take an additional five minutes after watching this boring as fuck video to go like my shit, which I didn't even link for you. You got to copy the link yourself because it's not a hyperlink and then go click it. And then also go follow my Facebook and Instagram. I've, I've tried it and I just want you to avoid that pain as well. Um, So think of the people first. Um, I've seen way less quote unquote talented people. Uh, I'm not even saying that in a pretentious way. It's just, I always thought, oh, I'll get better and people will notice and I'll just keep working on my craft, working on my craft, working on. And that is very me, 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 me. Let me get better. Let me do this. Let me blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I could have been a 10th of good as a musician and if i just focused on like let me put together a party for these people to come together let me make this more fun let me obviously with the teaching i'm spreading it that's when it really clicked like oh spreading and sharing and making it about other people feels really good and coincidentally it's done way more for me than anything else that i thought you know that was like very self-centered kind of approach uh, ever did so what, yeah, what DJing, those, producer DJing those like, house parties right? for free too. <laughs> Man, so, uh, real quick before we move on, happy. just like much love to everybody. Like that first EP, 
<laughs> voice crack that first cp really clicked for me though like seeing the support from everybody i'm like objectively the music's not even that crazy and it's just because brought people together and and shared my experience making it and blah 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 that like brought the success of that but objectively it could have been the same exact music and if i never talked to anybody it wouldn't have done shit yeah i buy all those producer dojo albums on beatport because it's the community that i love to support yeah you know sight unseen song unheard it's just like yep oh who's up yep get my take my money i want to support right and like i support ill gates every time it comes to town why well because he always gives me great music great performance and djing lately even like really cool visual setup with the music videos plus of all the things he's given me already the history of great shows the entire producer dojo existing him being extremely cool like all that shit it's like yeah i want to keep showing up every time i can to support dylan bro that's such an important point like you don't have to overthink this whole brand thing either. Like we know Dylan as the cool, lovable ass guy who's just like has an amazing heart. And like that is part of his brand. He didn't put that shit on his website. He didn't get that across in his photos. But after knowing him a while, you're just like, man, this dude really cares about like the people he teaches and social issues and all this kind of stuff. Like you just tell he's got a good heart and you associate that with them and like you, the branding isn't necessarily like colors and how I post and my schedule and blah, blah, blah. It's like literally something as small as that. Oh, yeah, the dude with the dreads and crazy hair. That's an awesome fucking guy and makes trippy bass music. Bam, that's a brand right there. Yeah. Have dreads, yeah. will travel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shouts out yeah, to dude. Dylan and all the producer dojo homies out there in Hawaii got- right now yeah. for that awesome, like, week long studio session airbnb mansion event that's going to culminate in like the producer dojo classic volume one show where a bunch of them are opening for dylan like what i've been like texting with spider hound and slow form and hexadevy and homies this week like oh shit have fun definitely some fomo on that one i know i I can't front i've been traveling plenty lately but uh yeah next time i'm gonna come wherever wherever it is i'm ready yeah Dude, honestly, yeah, dude, fucking shout out producer Dojo to like, okay, so this relates to the question that that Goose asked. Um, But then I also have another answer, but we'll do the first one first, obviously. So, so the, uh, the Dojo is a place that you can watch a tutorial and know that the information being given is like good, factual, credible, it works. One thing I didn't realize early on is that people in the era of YouTube that I was watching tutorials, it was like right when people realized they could make a name for the, they could cross the chasm. They could build a bridge for themselves by making tutorials on YouTube because people are searching for this shit. Shouts to Ahi, shouts to Andrew Huang. Right. Those are, those are shining lights of examples in this scenario. And the opposite is the bedroom guy who you were trying to look up exactly how the Ableton multiband compressor works. And, uh, you know, he tells you this knob does this and this does this. Dude, there are so many things I've actually realized that the person giving the tutorial actually didn't even really know what they were saying. Like 
Oh yeah, you, I've turned off you, so many tutorials after two minutes. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I know more than you. Bye. You you can learn a lot from tutorials. You can also learn a lot not doing it the right way. But if you watch a tutorial, hopefully it comes from a credible source. So a shout out producer dojo. B the thing that you can really do to supercharge watching a tutorial, and this is applicable for anyone that I wish I did earlier i started doing this when i got in the dojo so if you're watching a tutorial open up ableton on half the screen tutorial on this half and like pause the tutorial and like go along and like build the thing or make the preset or apply the learning with the the question that you had what would happen if i did this in this scenario like work through all those things as in real time as you're watching it a you're going to retain the information way better b you're probably going to stumble on some happy accident brilliance of this cool thing you just learned and save it as a rack. And then that's going to like make the next track you're working on go from good to amazing. But like that, you can really intake a lot more information like that. Um, but the other thing that I wanted to touch on related to what Tesco was saying is um, regarding like a brand and like, you know, something looking low budget or cinematic, like, I was actually just talking with Steven about uh, Alter about this yesterday. Um, if something is like, you know, in our eyes, low budget or like not, not good enough, you know, objectively, like, why is that? And what I, I think is the case, what I've realized over the years is most of the time you see a, a music video or something that you're like, cringing at is because they're trying to do the same thing you've seen done with a million dollar music video budget for $20 and they're filming in their kitchen with some low budget stuff trying to cut together cool angles with no lighting equipment a, a hundred dollar camera that you took from your grandpa's AV closet like they're like you can make cool stuff with all of that same equipment, but you can't try and shoot a big, bu big budget music video with that stuff and expect it to come across cool to your audience just because that's the format that they've done it. You can do low budget, like no budget stuff really cool. You just have to think about doing it in a different way. The reason something comes across as cringe is because there, there's an objective standard for the type of thing you're trying to do, and it's well below that. But if there's no standard because you're doing something unique and interesting, it doesn't matter the quality, or you can even intentionally use low-quality stuff to like make it look cool or be different. But like you can do all of the same stuff. You just have to, like again, just be a little bit more thoughtful, more unique, take your own spin on this thing and you can get good results without, you know, being cringe or breaking the bank or whatever. Like yeah. you can, you can figure out how to do it. You just have to be a little different. My most successful music video from my rapper days, I had just, just made this song. It was a, it was a flip of power trip by J Cole on that beat. And I rewrote my own lyrics, went to the studio, recorded it. And I was going to put it out and I was like, oh, let me try like a music video or something. What can I do? Like, well, I don't have any equipment or a real camera or anything, but I had like my webcam 
and I had the light from my computer and I turned off all the other lights in the room and I just put my face right up by the webcam. So I'm like, yeah, like yeah. right up close. And I just lip synced the whole song in one take. I only did one take. And then I was like, all right, that's pretty cool. At least it's a, a visual. Maybe it'll get more traction than my last one where I didn't put any, you know, any of it. I just put the album art for the video. And then in like Windows Movie Maker, whatever free software I was using, they had like an option, like this weird like color shift or something. And it just like tinted mm-hmm. one color and then it slowly rolled through the rainbow over like a minute and a half. And Classic so it like went through like twice for the song. And then I uploaded it to YouTube and it was like, looks like your thing is blurry because I was like, moving my head like this and it's like yeah do the motion stabilize and so like my head stayed stiller in the middle but like the edges of my head and like the darkness of the background kept shifting and doing these psychedelic movements as i move my head and i was like well one extremely simple concept and two happy accidents that took me a total of like two hours and zero dollars and it was my most successful like zero promotion i got like exactly. 2500 spins off that on youtube exactly sheesh that's that's dope though. That's a perfect example. That's like literally me sitting at this distance from the webcam. I've seen a million people do that. But and then you just had the thought, well, this needs to be like 10% cooler or different. So I'm gonna do that. And it ended up working out great. Uh, yeah, perfect example. Plus Man, I had to um, get close enough so that my computer screen could light my face. <laughs> that that too. I mean, that's, honestly, that's a happy accident, bro. That's the, like literal definition. The budget necessity can yeah. breed inspiration. And if you just like take the thing you have and use it, it's like flipping a sample. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's not about how can I design the craziest sound? It's, hey, I have this sound and it works. Oh, you know what? It's like a little bit grimy. Oh, you know, let me make the whole song grimy. Now it's lo-fi. Now it's an aesthetic that people do on purpose. Whereas back yeah, in the day, it was just like, shitty. well, the it's record I sampled was fucked up. People liked it for some reason. <laughs> it made it better. And so you just lean into the lean into the limitations mm. and and work yeah. within them really well. Yeah, that's another thing. I was always going for perfection, cleaner mix downs, cleaner blah 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 blah. But you want character, you don't want clean. Nobody cares about the technical ability that went into the song. They care about how it makes them feel. And sometimes too clean is too perfect. You know, it's not always good for every genre um Amen. but i want to add while we're on the uh music video point uh gus you should check out dylan brady he has very simple music videos uh like one is him climbing a tree in slow-mo and the other one is him in a store and it's just these shots where he disappears and appears in front of and behind different things and he just makes his way through them all um little shit like that really like gets his personality across um, and I think he did it all on iPhone, which is really cool. Um, I wonder, uh, I don't know if it's this Dylan Brady. It's the, no, 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 no. Dylan Brady from 100 Gex. Yeah. Uh, type you should have known uh, it was a 100 Gex reference. Have you even listened to the podcast? <laughs> type in like Dylan Brady key of C or of course I still love you. Uh, Maybe some of those. 100, 100 Gex reference. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so that's something, uh, you know, to look into. It, it really doesn't have to be anything too crazy. It's just you have to treat it like an artistic piece. Um, like if you're, 
you know, if your music's very sloppily put together, nobody's really going to pay too much attention to it versus, um, you know, if you put all this detail into your music, it's like, okay, now people are interested in the music, but now how do you get them in the door? It's like, well, you could have the best taco place in LA, but if the outside looks horrible, nobody, people are going to be like this is sketchy. Uh, I, I don't even know what this is. Maybe and I don't want to go here. Too nice. Same difference. I'm not going in a taco place that looks too clean. Like exactly, I'm not even gonna have real too tacos. Be like too... five bucks per taco, and the chicken's gonna be all dry. Fuck that. Yeah, no seasoning. Mm-mm. Um, <laughs> you know, something to uh, something to keep in mind is like uh, I heard this quote where it's like um, this violinist like played on the like subway for a couple hours and uh, like you know, a couple people maybe like stopped and clapped and he maybe got like 20 bucks in tips. And then later that night, he like just crushed this arena show. People bought hundred dollar tickets and all of that. And we're like, just standing ovation, like over the top happy. And he made all this money, blah, blah, blah. And his advice was, you know, you can be the, you can be the best at what you do, but if you're not in an environment that that cultivates growth like that and that that puts you in a spotlight where your worth is shown and 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 properly uh properly displayed to people then it's like it's like planting you know the 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 healthiest tree in a in a dark environment and it's like that could be you and you have all the potential there but you're not putting yourself in the right places for optimal growth so that's something to consider too, you know, like don't get too caught up in, in always trying to be best at your craft. Like, um, you know, uh, one thing I used to do back in the day and I met like two of my really dope friends, uh, doing this and we like linked in person. And when I moved across country, one of them lived like two hours away and we'd go to shows all the time together. Uh, and, uh, it's my boy squashed out. We did a track on my EP and all of that started through just chatting online and uh through like discords and stuff and then getting on zoom and just hanging and memeing around and you know just joking around about stupid shit and then opening up ableton every once in a while and then just like passing projects back and forth and like that i think is when i made some of like the most growth because i just sit there and watch what the two of them were doing and then get hella inspired and then i'd work on it and then they'd be tossing ideas and then all that time chatting and memeing and making inside jokes and blah, 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 eventually amounted to one of my boys lurking shadows, uh, coming, he flew all the way down when I was living in Calgary and we linked up with my boy in Edmonton and we all hung out and it was awesome time. And that was a better experience than any of the music we made. That means way more to me than any of the accomplishments we made, which we ended up, uh, winning number one in like a remix contest for rhythm network. That was pretty big for us. Hey. Uh, and, and all this shit. But the point is after all of that, looking back, I'm like, man, it's so dope that we all got to chill in person and, and that we formed a meaningful enough relationship that, you know, my friend wanted to come down from the UK and come chill with us. Like, that's what it's really all about, you know? And if you're, if you're super focused on going through the weekly downloads and shit, I encourage you to this week, just spend more time in the discord and chat with people and maybe get in the voice room and work on some stuff with people and like share that more and be in an environment like producer dojo, where there is all of this sunshine being put on your talent, you know? Amen. And not only your talent, your personality, who you are as a good human being. Yeah. 
Yeah, find the friends. Back to back to that. Like, do y'all have friends from Producer Dojo? I do. We started a podcast. Hi guys. We hang hey. out every week. And we're doing other projects Hi. too. It's fucking great. And yep. um speaking of the remix contest you won, your friend Gus <laughs> says there's also remix contests. I wonder how winning those works out for people. Probably a good question for Shadow Star, because he won the Dead Mouse one. Uh and yeah, shouts to Shadowstar. He just dropped a new track today called Auburn Rain that I read on his Facebook. Hey, he okay, wrote okay. well, like stuck waiting for the pass to open in Washington, sitting on the freeway in Auburn, apparently, in the rain. So that's a super chill, vibey track. I've listened to a bunch of his uh a bunch of his Spotify today. Fucking slaps. Go follow Shadowstar and listen to all his songs a hundred times because they're good. I spin them in my DJ yeah, sets yeah, all the they, time. They actually are really good. Yeah, really, really good. His song Cerise is my favorite probably, but like the whole, his whole catalog is dope. That whole Comoribi album is sick. Um, yeah, shouts out to Shadowstar. But, so you've won a remix contest there, Tesco. How did that work mm-hmm. out for you? Anything? It's cool. Anything Definitely didn't ran? hurt. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, it was kind of funny, actually. The three of us uh, collabed on it. And, uh, the night before, I think I like had to fly out to some conference thing and I, we all hated the track by the end and, uh, and, uh, squashed out and lurking shadows, uh, stayed up, uh, before the deadline to just like give it a quick little wrap up, uh, when I was like out at this conference and I just remember sitting there and they messaged me like we won. What the fuck? (laughs) I just walked out of the room and I called them. I was like, no fucking way and uh they're like yeah way the dude actually like loved it they're like he can't stop messaging us about how much he loves this specific part and then uh i was just like damn that's funny like none of us expected it uh i can't say it was like life-changing but it was pretty cool and uh then uh for every remix contest after they made a rule no three-way collabs uh so honestly that was probably the best feeling part of that, I was like, no yeah, three ways. The rules because no of sex us. in the champagne you, room. You, you smacked shit. everyone so hard that people were butthurt and messaged uh, them. But three people collabed on this. <laughs> yeah, it's not fair. Yeah, that was probably the best best part, to be honest. Um, but honestly, man, like it's just those moments, everything that led up to us hanging out and spending all that time online, and like, you know, now my one friend is into coding too, and. And we're talking all the time about that. And like, we've worked on coding projects and stuff. It's just cool, man. It extends way further than the music, you know? Um, And also, uh, Matt, uh, join other discords. But I'm just saying, Producer Dojo is amazing. Don't look for more, more, more. Actually get involved in these communities. And uh, like, I guarantee uh, if you hop into the, uh, where's the live room? And just like share your shit and just let people pop in and see what you're working on. You do that for the next couple months. You will not have to change your schedule really at all besides just broadcasting when you're uploading. And you have a community already here that's going to support you and care about you and all that stuff versus joining all these communities. You can obviously build a name in them and get going. But I'm just like, you have a community here that loves you and supports you. A lot of sunshine here already. Don't. I always used to think that like, Oh, let me, oh, I need to be on discord. Let me find 10 communities. Honestly, now I literally hop in two communities, this one and the one of my other mentors community. And I just have a name in these two communities. And I just care about the people in these two communities. And it's been awesome. I've met a 
hella friends that way. And the producer dojo people are awesome. Why would you want to be anywhere else? Amen. We're cool as it's hell. True. Um, but I think we also skipped over a bunch of questions. Man, uh, the one I really wanted to hit was the one about how we uh, thought up our artist names. Um, I felt like that would be oh, a good that's one to close on. Um, I got to join. And then also, um, I don't know. I know uh, any uh, anything else on the remix contest? Winning a remix contest from I know I I won one with from a Torbjorn remix contest. That was pretty yeah, fun. Let's talk about that. Uh, it was I was one of four people that won, and the song is out, and I like it, and that is all that happened. <laughs> no, no, I mean crazy anything, like but it's like one time. more one more place that people have heard my name that already know Tor, and Tor is cool, and it you know, helped us, you know, build our relationship a little more. And now, you know, you know, shit's good, you know, but yeah, it wasn't super crazy or anything. I think that like remix that. contests are a really great way to have a shot at getting your name out there a little bit further than it would have regardless. But in the end, it's not like remix contests are going to change your life unless you're winning like the biggest one where there's probably other producers <laughs> in the thousands that are submitting and a good percentage of them are probably already like big names. If the, if the prize is that big anyways, like there's diminishing returns for trying to submit to all of them. So I would just say, if you see a remix contest that really piques your interest creatively, like submit to it and everything that comes from it is good. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect in the metaphor of the chasm that that bridge is going to get you across the other side. Very low probability that that bridge isn't yeah, broken. It won't so, hurt. Especially if they're the hurt. ones where if you don't win, you can't release your song anywhere. Yeah, right. Like if, like, they'll let you put it out, if you let it, if they'll let you put it out on SoundCloud, at least like that seems worth it. If, if you're, if you're excited about it, but yeah, like do all this work on a track and they can't use it. That's a bummer. Yeah. You know, um, I like this. Our remix contest rigged. <laughs> so uh, no clue. honestly, yeah, no rigged, clue. But one thing I will say: quality that hits the people who, and it's rigged towards the tastes of the people who judge them. Yeah, exactly. It's so, rigged to the objective yeah. taste of someone other than you. So when you yes, turn it yeah. in, it's called a submission, meaning you're submitting to their tastes and their choice. Like I don't know if I can call that rigged. Well, I mean, I think it depends to like what, like, I mean, Shadow Star won the Dead Mouse one, and that's pretty huge. Uh, and like the one that I won for Rhythm Network, they were like a medium kind of tier label, like pretty big in that genre, which is kind yeah. of small. But, and, um, and I feel like those probably aren't rigged. But honestly, the more I'm involved in the music industry, the more I realize like literally not much is a coincidence a lot of this is very meticulously planned to get in the eyes of the right people and that is why the branding thing is huge yeah i think it's i think it's pretty safe to say that like remix contests are generally uh and this is speaking of broad strokes this isn't always the case but remix contests are generally because the specific song would be a great way to get even more people's eyes on the song that they're trying to get publicity for. And typically to download the stems to something, you have to like give your email or follow an account or something like this. Like it's, 
it's it's easy to be wide eyed like, oh, wow, like this is the opportunity of a century. But you also have to think of why they're doing it from a business perspective. Like they're the ultimate winner in this because they're getting a bunch of free publicity, free traction, free other music that they get to release on their terms. Like mm-hmm. and a shit a ton good, of contacts on their email list, shit ton yeah. of marketing. Yeah, it's a good um, opportunity for something you're creatively interested in. Man, speaking of, I saw uh, this TikTok recently, and I don't know if this particular one was rigged, but this is all I'm going to say on this. Um, There's this DJ uh, called Shipwreck who has a pretty dope music, and I discovered it through this TikTok of this dude going around a college campus and asking people, what is your party pregame song? And this one dude's like, oh, shit, this song by Shipwreck, blah, blah, blah. And I checked it out. Dope fucking song. Been listening to it a lot. And then um, it was just like a couple people being asked the question. And the girl before said uh, this like song by King Vaughn, which uh, he's this rapper from Chicago, makes like pretty street kind of music. And uh, that obviously got a lot of comments. And the dude came after and he said that song. And then they played a little snippet of the song, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. A day later, I see the girl from the TikTok reacting to the original one, and she's like, oh yeah, by the way, they didn't like my answer and specifically told me to say this King Von song because they felt like it would be cooler for a girl to like and would get more comments, which leads me to think they don't give a fuck about this girl's opinion. They're just using her as a face to promote this song by this random artist who they would not be tied to, but has a cool song, and then they promote coincidentally this uh dj song who it just leads me to think if they told her to say that they probably told this guy to say this song and stuff like that just makes me realize again there's so much stuff i believed was real and then you see these little glimpses into how scripted even the smallest minute details are and then you realize like yeah if they're faking this then really there isn't much out here that's coincidental Frank, it's not just TikTok. That is just one example of the lengths people will go to. But for example, I mean, when, uh, so my mentor was going in on this and he really helped me see this because he would always be like, trust me, nothing is real, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, okay. Uh, But then, you know, like you see like, oh, this artist is dropping a project and oh, coincidentally, he's involved with this girl here and, and oh, they have a little bit of a romantic relationship. Why is that? Because this artist mainly caters to male audience and nothing like some juicy, sweet drama to get the women involved, generally speaking. And that is how they market to different groups. It's like, oh, this person gets into this fight and now they're dating this person. And then maybe they put this spicy tweet on on uh, Twitter and then maybe they are seen out in public wearing something crazy and people take a picture and they're like, what is this? All of that stuff, like from the relationships to the cosigns to how they dress to where they're seen all of that is meticulously planned out and if somebody's taking random pictures of them or sharing random information it's probably not because people are all that curious it's because they're trying to plant the seed that you should be curious about this and then that kind of gets the feedback loop started um Anyway, just a little rant on this is very strategic. That's why I'm really like going in on the topic of don't just post a bland Instagram thing of like your face just directly and just not any cool lighting or angles or nothing. Everything is meticulously planned out, you know? Yeah, post post your face close up with a trippy filter. Spicy face. 
<laughs> yeah, but you know, that's that's why you really got to take it in your own hands and and ask yourself like who am I trying to appeal to with this? Like who am I trying to create an experience for? And and it's not necessarily about so much about you got to you got to um like uh, cater to like the mass audience or whatever but you really got to think about like i saw one picture wh- who was it uh it was like some basketball player or something and he was in a picture with the kardashians and he just cropped them out from both sides because he, he doesn't even want to be seen with them and he just he just has his him and his middle <laughs> circle <laughs> and hilarious. then the kardashians posted the same photo of them obviously in it and people noticed and it's just like yeah man that's that's to what extent this person is a serious business person slash basketball player. They don't want to be associated with reality star, blah, 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 Kardashians, for example. Yeah. All of this shit is very planned out, you know? Yeah. Just like this episode. Amen. So planned podcast. out. Yeah. So couple- this was even more planned out, yeah. actually. Real quick, let's do a lightning round. Speaking mm. of shows and picking an audience, how did we each pick where we're currently living? Was born here, came back after college, still like it, have a good housing situation. Boom. Was born where Luke is currently living, liked it a lot. I like where I'm currently living because it does all the same things, but with less time, makes me happy to live here. And more snow and mountains. Yes. Was born here, moved across the country. Turns out living alone sucks during a global pandemic. And the Canadian housing market is shit. Moved back. All right, yeah, that was a good lighting. Where, uh, <laughs> good, good point. Where is here? Where? Bro? Uh, yeah. No. So born Seattle. in Seattle, uh, living in Bend, Oregon, twelve minutes from the mountain. That's yeah. Um, Windsor, Ontario area. Windsor, Ontario. So uh, right across from Detroit, fifteen minutes away, Canada side. You, I almost made it there once. Got turned away at the border. Lucky Bye. you. we're headed to montreal it's gonna be a party but that's another day one of my if not my favorite canadian city i'm not gonna lie gus had a dope question about um collab projects like how do you complete a collab or how what percentage of them you actually don't, come you just talk about bro it's gonna be so sick when yeah. we finally put this out man we we're should gonna, work we're on gonna, we'll do a whole episode we'll do i added that to the episode <laughs> ideas list because we could talk on that one for 90 minutes easy um yeah. and then let's close it out with uh how we each came up with our artist names how or how they came to us we also got to touch on if you were ice cream what flavor would you oh be? shit Coffee. That should be a lightning round and then finish. Vanilla, the... no question. Yeah. Uh, how did I come up with my artist name? We were sitting no, you, on the couch. No, no, no. You gotta, you gotta. We switched. You gotta do ice cream, yeah. buddy. Yeah, sorry. Ice cream, um, chocolate chip cookie dough. Boom. All right. Because he's got them chonky snares. Exactly. That's chonky what. That's chips. what I was gonna say. Totally <laughs> chonky chips and chonky kicks. Yes. Oh man, did I tell you, Rip Kenny, I'm gonna be working at uh at APOG this year? Where we yeah. came up with chonky snares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Pumped about that. It's gonna be real fun. Clarity clearing, here I come. Uh you guys go. Ice cream flavors. Lightning. Oh, I vanilla. said coffee and he said vanilla. You missed it. I don't know how but it was so lightning that you blinked and it happened. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so my I'm artist sweet, name. But I give you energy. <laughs> I was sitting on the couch with my two good friends, and 
basically uh, the name literally came out of someone's mouth and we looked around, thought it was really funny, stuck. I feel like you were watching South Park. That feels like a piece of... Could be. Could be. Who knows? Who knows? Kenny died and you're like, ah, rip Kenny. I assume. Yeah. I assume that 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 maybe then Shelbs, didn't she come up with the original idea? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she did. Shout out. Uh, that, that may be the case is is the name south park related i don't know i don't know if you listen to this podcast for long enough you probably know the true answer but is the name uh, of our podcast rick and morty related who's to say i don't know hopefully not Maybe lawyers in in lawsuit. that being said also listen to the branding episode because that has a lot of good information on this mm-hmm. that being yeah. said as well um it really just comes down to the name stuck in my head it, it rolls off the tongue phonetically. It's easy to say you can spell it. All the SEO is good. I like it cause it has multiple associations and a funny inside joke in it. Um, yeah. yeah. What it um, is. I went through a bunch of cringe names and, uh, started going through Serbian words and I make heavy music and the Serbian word for heavy is Teško. And I just took off the sh cause, uh, People don't like accents over here. It's too hard. They would be like, what the fuck? So just turned to an S. thought Tesco sounded like a cool little house music producer name. And I was too shit to make dubstep at the time. So I rolled with it. And then when I made dubstep, it fit. And then now, I don't know. Maybe I'll keep it. Maybe no. I like it. Thanks. But if you come up with the People seem to like it. I don't know. I'll just follow uh, that oh. on Spotify too. Our actual names. My name's Nico. Oh, I'm 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 Luke. I'm Lucas Rain Edmonds Verver. Luke motherfucking Rain. That my too. name's Evan. Yeah. Middle name. Yeah, Hi. so my my names, well, I started out as one half of Ill Bill and Mr. For Real, but we couldn't decide who is who. So it became the wordsmiths. Uh, that was that rap group. If you listen to our clown and our old roasting our old tracks, you'll hear a bunch of that shit from high school. Um, and then uh, after a while, I became L Agua. First, it was L Dash Agua because my first name starts with an L, and I flow like that. And I love studying <laughs> Spanish. I think I was living in Spain when I came up with that. In fact, um, and then I came back to America, and nobody understood my name, and they'd say Lagua and Laguagua and Lagua. <laughs> And so I was like, ah, I'll switch it. L period space agua. Now they're going to, nope, they said the same shit. Okay. Okay, Americans <laughs> are dumb. Okay, what am I going to do? And I was talking to a lady that was a friend of my mom who's a musician and her friend who was thinking about trying to be a booking agent for me and never did. But they were like, we were like brainstorming names. And they're like, why don't you just use your regular name? I'm like, I don't really want to go on stage as a rapper as Lucas Ferber. It's just like, that's my government name. I want like something else. And they're like, what's your middle name? And I was like, Oh, rain. Like, yeah, Lucas rain, Luke rain, four letters, four letters, monosyllabic. I like it. Yeah. And then, uh, at the shows, we'd start yelling, Luke motherfucking rain, Luke motherfucking rain, Luke start chanting it. And that stuck. So I made stickers and t-shirts. Um, and then 2016 into 2016, I went to a beat battle in LA with, hair till about here and my first beard I could make connect in the middle ever. And, uh, and I got off stage after that fucking, 
after that first round and I had won the first round and this dude's like, you're like trap Jesus, man. And it like stuck. Everybody started calling me trap Jesus, but I did nothing with it. And then cardiac flatline, who's a super dope producer with a bunch of Grammys, uh, and his work with like Dr. Dre and Kendrick and shit. Um, he was there the night they introduced me the second night they introduced me he was one of the judges. And I saw him like six months later and he was like, bro, What's this I hear about you not using the name Trap Jesus yet? You're fucking up, bro. You got to do that. So I went on Instagram right after that conversation in Dallas and and made the what would Trap Jesus do Instagram. And I rolled with that for years until I went back to Luke Rain because I was making non-trap music and it was confusing the shit out of people to be Trap Jesus giving you dubstep and Moombaton and shit. So yeah, now I'm both Luke Rain and Trap Jesus. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Why not? As if if one brand isn't hard enough to build, I'm doing two. You mean three with the podcast? Mm. Yeah. Oh, not to mention Rave Gravy. The whole time I was Mm. building Bounce Gang. Mm. Oh, man. Yeah. Just fucking, I'm drowning in Instagrams I don't open and Gmails I don't check. (laughs) But (laughs) I still love my life. So, hey, what are you going to do? Ignore some email yeah. inboxes most of the time. Don't and tell anybody they're there. We made it to two years, boys. We that's, did it. That's I'm a proud pretty of us. Fucking Damn. big deal. I'm pretty really wild, proud man. of us. Like time fucking flew by. Every man. week, fucking 104 weeks straight. 105, right? 105, yeah. 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 The first of year well, three. Right. Yes. Nah, yes. Yeah. yeah. This is our opening of year three episode as well because we right. wanted to do this live with you guys we were gonna do it last week yeah. and we're like what the fuck's the point of the party if our fucking homies aren't here in the chat yeah. man we love you guys thanks for being Be here chat. thanks for all the questions Be Be thanks Be for all the love thanks for listening your homework assignment is to tell 10 friends about the podcast and get them to follow us and subscribe on their favorite podcast platform so we can grow these numbers in year three that's what i'm that trying to sick. do Let's up these numbers. Let's 10 exit, guys. Is that our goal? Is that our goal for the year? 10 exit and drop a super secret project that some of y'all may have heard about? Mm. Mm. Yeah, coming soon. Coming soon uh, I mean, damn, yeah. If y'all want to share, that would definitely be sick. Drop yeah. the little website site. Um, I mean, I know all y'all listen already, so yeah, you know, much love already. And... uh Yes, Mattress Face, I will trade you a like. Go into your SoundCloud right now. Woo! Yeah, of course. Yeah, don't give anybody our SoundCloud. I don't do anything with that shit. <laughs> Send them the Spotify or the Apple or the YouTube. Those are the ones yeah. we care about. Yeah, I'll like your SoundCloud. You follow us on Spotify. That's a good numbers. That's a good one, yeah. Should we do uh, one final question? Yeah, sure. I guess I'm going to be at like eight, but that's a hot minute away already. Yeah, me too. I, ooh, I like this one. Mattress Face says Luke Rain is pretty dope. The answer is yeah. Thank you. Wow. And that's a wrap. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Yes. Uh, Perfect. Woo. Well, y'all, thanks for uh coming through, everybody. This pretty litty for uh Year three kickoff. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm I'm actually surprised how thank you, Gus. Many gems were dropped in this episode that like actionable gems that are really going to help you in like everyday life as well. Just like general, like how to do everything better. And uh, you probably didn't guess that, 
by listening to the first five minutes of the podcast. So I think it's a success. I didn't guess that. But uh, we would love to take your questions for future episodes. So if you got any topics you want to see us cover extensively for an hour, then let us know and we will either get on and talk about it or we're going to bring on a guest that is super knowledgeable on the topic to give you tons of gems like the music money one we did with Hayden. Obviously, all the ones we did with Unk. We have uh, two episodes with Slow Form. We got a Spider Hound episode, which is awesome. Gotta get a him lot back. of dojo people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There was so many good ones in that one. And honestly, looking back on the two years, it's it's been such a learning experience. I'm sure you guys can relate for us too to just get to pick people's minds. And like, I just believe in the future of this so much, just because we're getting um, we're getting you know actual experts on the topic we're not the best at everything so the fact that we get to actually talk to people who are our friends that are really talented at what they do we get to bring the knowledge you know full circle it's pretty litty i encourage you all to check out some of the episodes from the previous producer dojo people book some sessions with them i'm sure you will learn a ton just like we did amen uh, amen Amen. Oh, there's one last question. I think I have time to answer fast. Mattress Face asks, how do I get to open somewhere at a Wook Festival? One, bring all the whippets, apparently. Yeah, that's probably it. I would stay away from that because I'm not a fan. But um, I would say volunteer at it. Find out who runs it. Volunteer at it and show up and like be really cool and make friends with them. And then when they're doing it again, be like, yo, can I spend this time? Yeah. Wow. I'll also show up and move a bunch of shit for you. And then, you know, like start by practicing at like little renegades and shit that your friends put on. Um, Branding uh, was always pretty instrumental in getting you where you want to be. Literally go to these festivals you want to be part of. Obviously doing this solely will not help. What Luke said will help way more. But if you want to maximize your chances, go look at a couple like the lowest 10 people on the list and look at their look at their pages if they're smaller maybe message them and just see like hey uh you know support them for a bit don't just go in raw just freaking support them show some love first and 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 just form a genuine connection show them that you're part of that community and that you're a cool person get your branding on point don't you can't you know be branding to the house people and expect to get on the Wook Festival, actually cater to that crowd and make them feel loved and important and like you're speaking to them. And uh, if you can get that down and you get in that community, I promise you there will never be a shortage of opportunities for you. Amen. Big up, check. Cool. But yeah, hit us up with YouTube comments about who you want to see on the show, uh, questions you have, all that good stuff. And without further ado, guys, wait, put one up. last thing. Oh, Speaking of the YouTube, if uh, y'all really want to help us out, just go through and just drop a likes, just spam that shit. Go, you know, click a couple videos, just blah, 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 leave a comment. And uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that would be sick. That would actually help Run us a lot. With the, you know, the yeah. algorithm game it would help. Amen. We would, we would truly appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. put that ironically put that uh, asking for the pity likes after I said them. don't. these ain't the pity likes these are the people that already like us going a little extra mile to help us keep doing what we do that's a little different that's speak to your audience and be like hey listen to this guy make it happen help help us make it happen help us help you help us help you so let's put up how many years we've been doing this 
And then another one. Say peace, humans. Two years, baby. And peace among worlds. Peace <laughs> among worlds. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Woo! I like it. Thank y'all so much for being here with us for our two-year anniversary party. That's the two-year anniversary party from The Human Music Podcast. Don't forget the the. You can visit thehumanmusicpodcast.com for our socials and streaming, free sound packs, all that stuff. You know, make sure to support our sponsors like Dojo TV. That's free producer live stream classes from the Dojo Senseis, Tesco's Patreon, uh, where you, you can get access to track feedback, private lessons, and more. The weekly download where you can learn from Ill Gates and his private weekly group lessons to get access to nearly 300 more episodes in the archive for only 20 bucks a month. Craziest deal on the internet. I swear to God, it keeps getting better every week. And guest practices where you can learn from Seth Drake at the Approach Institute. He's the best engineer we know, and your first class over there is free. That song of the week that I want you to go run up is Jade DeFrancia, Touch Me All Over, produced by me, baby, me. Those links are all down in the description. And uh, yeah, come back next week. Who knows what we'll be talking about in year three of the Human Music Podcast. Peace, humans. Peace among worlds.